Hey there, Fusion Church family. I sure hope that you're getting outside and enjoying this incredible weather, uh, the sun this weekend. I was outside for just about an hour and a half today, just for a little bit, and I already got sunburnt, but I don't care. I'm so happy to see that great big ball of fire in the sky, and I'm sure that you are too. Uh, we sure do miss being able to worship together and see each other face to face right now. I know that you do. I know we do. My family does. and uh, so, But we're also really thankful that we've got the gift of technology, even though it can be really frustrating at times to be able to connect in this way. And so uh, while we're missing you, I'm, I'm, I know that God's doing great things in your home. This weekend, obviously, we're doing something a little different rather than having a live streamed service that we're kind of gathered together in our homes at the same time. We're having you drop off some items for these blessing bags uh, uh, that we're we're giving out to first responders and medical workers, as well as donations for Big Table. And so we're so thankful for your generosity. We actually have exceeded what we thought we would have uh, and be able to do in this season with these blessing bags. And I think we're going to be able to do another round of 100. So we did 100 initially. We think we're going to be able to do another 100. And so we're just excited about that. And so hopefully today you coming and maybe being able to wave at a person, even if it's in a car uh, makes you feel a little bit more connected with one another, uh, and we hope hopefully you've got your communion elements to take at home. Uh, today, I, I don't have a, a, a long kind of message to share, just a devotional thought that I wanted to share with you uh, to lead us into taking communion today. As I've been sharing over the last couple of weeks, this is what I believe is this kind of sacred season that we find ourselves in, and I, we've been looking at the Gospel of John chapter 15 and how Jesus talks to his disciples about these seasons that we go through, the season of fruitfulness, which is the Father's intention for us, uh, this, these seasons of pruning, which is the way that f- the Father intervenes in our life, and then the way that Father the Father is inviting us to remain in him in order that we might even bear more fruit. And so we've said that we're in the season of pruning right now where things have been taken away from us and been uh, been uncomfortable at times, uh, but it's all in some way for, for our good it's so that we can bear more fruit. And last week I began to make the case that our initiative, our thing that we're meant to do is to actually take this invitation to remain. And what I mentioned was this idea of remaining is about our de- dependence and connection with Jesus as the true vine. We're the, we're the branches and he is the vine. And to make it a little bit more concrete, Jesus says this, he says, if you're, if my words remain in you and you remain in me, and he gives us a little clue there that part of what it means to remain or depend or be connected to him is to let his word kind of uh, be the primary voice in our life, the thing that defines us, the thing that shapes how we think and how we see the world. And we talked about how how that needs to be the loudest voice in our life, his promises, his what he says is true. Those things should be the thing in our lives that um, that is the most prominent. And that's one of the ways uh, we adopt this posture of remaining in him. And I want to take that thought just a little bit further today, but I want to connect it with something. For those of you who have kids, and maybe even for those of you who don't, we've been memorizing Psalm 23 in our homes. And that psalm is just uh, so special to so many people. But I love uh, just towards the end where it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And I love this image of a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. 
Now, I have to be honest, uh, it seems like it would make more sense for Jesus to say something or for God to, or David, as he was writing this, I'm sorry, to have said, he prepares a feast or a table before me in the presence of all of my friends. That would give you kind of the the warm fuzzies, you know, it would make you feel the sense of connection and that God's taking care of you. That's typically how we think and how how I think. Uh, and I can say, man, I'm so excited for the day where we get to have feasts together. We get to have barbecues again and be together in each other's homes and have cookouts and all of that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. But that's not what this psalm says. It says that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And I think that that's a really interesting thought, a, a kind of an interesting way to think about it. Another way to rephrase it is he prepares a feast before my foes. And you get this image of a person with this huge table full of food and everything that you could ever want. Your cup is overflowing. So it's the, all the choicest things right here before you, but surrounding you are enemies or foes. It's a picture of abundance in the midst of adversity. And that picture, I think, is really helpful for me because my tendency is to only think about abundance when things are easy. My tendency is to only think about how God is giving me good things when everything is easy around me. But this psalm is leaning into this idea that actually, no, there's a feast in front of you. There's an abundance in front of you, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of difficulty. And while I know that that's hard to grasp, isn't that the way as we reflect on life that we can see how good God has been in our lives? That there has been times where it was really challenging, times where it was really difficult, but somehow when we look back on those times, we can see how God has met us and that he provided for us, that he took care of us, and that he was with us every step of the way. At least that's been my experience in life. It doesn't always feel that way in the moment, but I'm learning to lean in and actually see the abundance in the, in the midst of adversity, to see a feast in the midst of my foes. And we find ourselves in a season right now where we're in adversity, where uh, we don't have a physical enemy necessarily that are present around us, but it feels like the world is working against us. It feels as though things have been so disrupted that I think it, that picture is actually pretty accurate, that it feels as though kind of the world is against us right now. And I think the temptation right now is to focus on that. And in some ways, that makes sense. This psalm isn't advocating that we ignore the fact that we're surrounded by enemies or foes. That's not the point here. The point is, what will we choose to put our focus or our attention on? Will we choose to focus on the foes or will we choose to focus in on the feast? Will we look for abundance in the midst of adversity? I think that's the question that we have to answer. And I'm learning that actually in the midst of this difficult thing, there actually are just some incredible things that God is wanting to do in my life. There's a richness of relationship with him. There's a richness of my relationship with my family. There is a connection with even with people outside of our home, even though it's digital and online, that, that isn't my preference. But man, I can feel my relationships actually deepening with people. I can feel my dependence on the Lord and his provision in my life. Uh, God has provided for me and for our church in incredible ways right now, in ways that uh, I, I honestly could say I don't think I'd be praying as earnestly for uh, were I not kind of surrounded by my enemies, were, there, were, were we not in this season of difficulty. But because we are, I'm actually looking and saying, God, would you do something here? Would you actually show up 
in this situation. And what I'm seeing is that he is. And then if I choose to look in front of me and choose to lean in and look at what he's doing, I'm actually able to see a feast among my foes. And actually, this is a very biblical concept, the idea of uh, being um, intentional about where we put our focus, uh, whether we'll see what's in front of us, the thing that God's doing, or whether we'll focus on the thing that's around us that's hard and that's difficult. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, he is writing in this, in this letter to, to people, and he's in the midst of a really difficult time. He's actually in prison. He's in jail. And, and, and throughout that, the letter of Philippians, he recounts some of the hardships that he's gone through. Yet towards the end of that letter, here's what he says. After saying, okay, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation with prayer and petitioning, give thanks and present our request to God. Here's the next thing that he goes on to say. I love this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And he ends just after here, and the peace of God will be with you. What's the point? The point is that if we'll choose to put our attention and our mind and focus on all of these good things, even in the midst of bad, if we'll let our heart see, our mind see the things that God is doing that, that are good in front of us, these precious moments we have with our kids, the, the precious moments to lean in, to, to even endure difficulty here in this even. This is all stuff that is so precious if we'll lean in and we'll see, if we'll choose to give our attention to that, then actually the peace of God will flood our souls. So we have a choice to make. What will we put our focus or attention on? Again, in the the book of Colossians, Paul is writing again this letter to people, and he says this, set your mind on things above rather than on things here on earth, Colossians 3.2. This idea that we have a choice about what we'll set our minds to. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So there's something about our thought life, about what we give our, our thoughts and our attention to that actually really transforms us and changes us. And going back all the way back to the very beginning of where I started, Jesus wants us to feel deeply connected, deeply rooted in him deeply dependent on him. That's his heart for us so that we bear more fruit. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to be able to keep our minds and our hearts fixed on things above. We're going to have to look for the feast in the midst of famine or a feast in the midst of our foes. We're going to have to look for, God, how is your abundance on display right now, even though this is a situation of adversity? So it's up to us to choose to see that feast. And I'll tell you, if you will lean in and and you will look, you will see how God is working. So one of the ways that I simply do that every day is that I try to begin my day with gratitude. So I start out my day rather than complaining about what's coming as I'm learning just to begin in Thanksgiving as I'm kind of rubbing my eyes and going from the, from the bed down to put the coffee on, I'm just beginning. Thank you, God, that I have this house to live in. Thank you, God, that I had that bed to sleep in. Thank you, God, that I have a wife and children who love me and who love you. Thank you, God, that I have friends who I know will watch out for me and my family if anything bad happens to me. God, thank you for my paycheck that I'm still continuing to. Thank you, God, for providing for our needs through the food pantry and through these other things. God, thank you that we've been given more than enough that we can share with other people. So I just began to to set my mind on those things. Those are lovely and beautiful. 
I'm also beginning right now to pay more attention to things going on in nature. So I'm looking and I'm seeing the, the, the flowers that are blooming and the grass that's growing and the leaves that are going on the trees and the birds that are coming back. And when I begin to see that, I, man, I think about what Jesus says, like, Hey, the birds don't worry about anything and they're just fine. The flowers doesn't add anything to its life and they are just fine by worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And all of a sudden my mind and my heart begins to go away from all of the things that I'm going to miss out on today because there will be some. There will be some things that we'll find disappointed. But but if I choose to focus on these other things, it's amazing how God will bring me peace. And by the way, this is not just positive thinking. There's a place for that. There's not just this is not just an optimistic outlook on life. This is thinking about the character and goodness of God. This is thinking about who he is and what he has done in my life. Because just having a positive outlook on life, that's fleeting. That will go the moment something bad happens. But the thing I know is that people who live a lifestyle, who choose to let the Lord's words remain in him, who choose to focus on the feast in front of them instead of the foes, is actually they begin to carry a level of hope and joy and peace that's supernatural. It's not something just because they're optimistic and they have a positive outlook on life. It's because they have chosen to say, God, I will see your goodness in the land of the living. Even though there's no buds on the trees, as it says in Habakkuk, even though there's nothing in the fields, yet I will praise you. There's somehow, there's something to give you praise for. You remember Jesus says, like, look, if the, if, uh, in, in the Gospels, if praise isn't given, or it's John the Baptist, I think, if praise isn't given, these rocks will cry out and give praise. So for us, we have to then think about how do we put our attention and our energy and our focus and to seeing the feast in front of us instead of the foes around us? How can we see God's abundance in the middle of adversity? In what ways is God meeting your needs? And I think one of the best ways that we can actually do that is it's, it's in the symbol of communion. You know, we take communion every week, and we know here that it's not just a religious symbol. It actually was a feast shared with the disciples. Jesus shared this feast with his disciples. And it was a way to remember what God had done in the past, how he had set his people free. The the Passover originally is the celebration of how God had set his people free from slavery in Egypt. And so it's a celebration of the way that God showed up in the midst of adversity. And Jesus, now celebrating the Last Supper with his disciples, rehearsing this Passover meal begins to show them how he is actually doing something for them, this incredible grace, this incredible abundance in the midst of adversity as well. And so he takes the cracker and and even though they can't understand it, he or he took the the bread and he, he broke it and he said, this is my body that's broken for you. It's a gift for you. This is something that I'm doing for you on your behalf. And I can imagine the disciples saying, gosh, we don't understand this, Jesus. We we thought this thing was going to turn out different, Jesus. We thought that you were going to overthrow the Romans, Jesus. But in, and, and, and they're confused and they're disoriented, but Jesus is showing them there is a gift for you in the middle of this adversity. And he takes the cup. And he says, this is my blood that's going to be poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. It's the blood of the the new covenant. Here again, wine, this incredible symbol of God's abundance and blessing in their life. uh, In the midst of a really difficult and challenging time. So every time we take communion, we 
eat the bread and we drink from the cup. We actually are celebrating God's abundance, abundance that came differently than how anyone else thought about it. No one saw it coming this way, that the Savior of the world would have to be crucified and died for the sake of our salvation. So whenever we take communion, it's a reminder that God shows up in the middle of really difficult things with his abundant and incredible grace. And the truth is, I don't know how to impress this upon you. Uh, I I, want to say it with as much emphasis as I possibly can, is that the good news of the gospel, of what Jesus has done for us, is actually the best news you can ever think or imagine. It's actually the feast of all feasts. It's actually God giving himself to us so that we can have a relationship with him. So today, I want you to take communion in your home. And as you take communion today, I don't want you to think about how sorrowful you are about your sin and how much you needed his sacrifice. There's a place for that. Today, I want you to feast on the body and on the blood of Christ. I want you to feast in the middle of your adversity. I want you to see a table that's prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. Now I want you to experience the grace of God, the goodness of God. So today, when you're when this is over, I want you to take a minute and take communion together. And then after you take communion together, I want you to just take a few minutes, uh, whether you're by yourself or with your family, and I want you to begin to set your mind and your heart on things above. I want you to begin to uh, celebrate the things that God has done for your life. Begin to recount the ways that God is providing for you in this season. Begin to say out loud or even make a list of things that you're thankful for that God is doing in you and in your home in this season. Where is the feast among the foes? Where is God's abundance in the middle of this adversity? God has something for you if you'll lean in and you'll see it. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each and every friend who's watching this right now. God, that they experience you in a new way. That God, that, that even though there might be difficulties and hardships, Lord, that you would show yourself to be faithful, show your character, your loving kindness to them in this season. I pray, Lord, that you'd give them the strength of character and resolve to see your goodness even in the middle of this hardship. And I pray, God, for those who are feeling thin, who are, who are feeling like, I just don't have anything to give. I pray, God, that you would meet them right now with your abundant grace, God. I pray that you would bring your sense of hope, your sense of peace into every uh, home, God. Every person who's willing to come to your table, would you satisfy them with your good things, now and everlasting. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a great week. Can't wait to to talk with some of you this week. Can't wait to see some of you on Zoom. And I just hope that you'll have a blessed and blessed and incredible week. Go and be like Jesus, whether you're in your homes, whether you're on the streets, whether you're walking around or whether you go to your job, represent Jesus. You are the light of the world, the city on a hill. Go in the name of Jesus. Jesus.